Welcome to the Black Agenda Podcast. I'm your co-host, Adrian Guest, along with co-host Devin Dito. On the show today, we have President and Chairman of One United Bank, Kevin Coey. One United Bank is the largest Black-owned bank in the country and has several initiatives this year to transform our communities. So sit back and listen well as we talk to Mr. Kevin Coey. A great guest, a great interviewee here. And so his name is Kevin Coey. He's the owner, chairman, and CEO of One United Bank. And we are excited, ecstatic to have him on the show. And just to give you a little bit of background, uh, Mr. Coey is the owner, and like I said, the owner and chairman of One United Bank, which is the largest Black-owned bank and the first Black-owned bank uh, in, in the United States. And so One United Bank was established by unifying several community banks across the country. And by unifying these banks, One United Bank has built the foundation to solve the longstanding problem of access to capital in inner city communities. And just to top it off, One United Bank has also been designated by, by the United States Department of Treasury as a community development financial institution. And the bank has received the Bank Enterprise Award, the highest award offered by the United States government for community development for 10 years. And so obviously this is a great, a great, you know, institution, bank, but also a great interview. So Mr. Coey, we appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your time. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. So our first question, um, just to, you know, just kind of general. So for, you know, for a lot of African-Americans, um, there seems to kind of be this mistrust of banks. You know, a lot of people would rather, you know, hold on to cash and, and keep it in a mattress and other places. And so, you know, our first question was, if you could just kind of talk, you know, historically about what has the relationship been between the African-American community and the traditional brick and mortar banks that we're used to. And then maybe, you know, speak to why so many of our people are either underbanked, underbanked, and, you know, what just kind of, kind of explain that relationship there. Well, it's not unlike uh, Black Americans' relationship with America in general. Um, you know, as you well know, since we got here in 1619, We've been used and abused in virtually every way possible by all institutions, from the government to virtually every type of corporation, including financial institutions. So it shouldn't be a mystery to anyone that uh, this institution uh, has, has acted inappropriately towards Black people and had and one of it's one of the institutions that is most responsible for the creation of what we call the racial wealth gap, and that's this whole business of white American families having net worths ten times that of of black American families. So it's no different than virtually every American institution, and that is played a important role in perpetuating racism in this country. And, and, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, When you're talking about, you know, institutional racism, systemic racism, people like to think those are so abstract uh, that, you know, you can't, you know, point your finger at them. But like you're saying, whether it's healthcare, whether it's education, whether it's housing, and unfortunately banking is no outlier 
you know, minority communities, especially blacks, have always been put down. And that really created maybe a severed relationship when it comes to banking. Uh, People probably feel like banking is all about corporate America and trying to put us down. So our question, you know, to follow up to that, um, you know, whenever you're trying to talk to people in the community, what's your message? How do you convince the community to understand the importance of banking and that a banker can really have a place in establishing generational wealth? Well, by introducing them to One United Bank and what One United Bank stands for, uh, it's the real deal. It's a Black-owned financial institution. It's not an institution led by Black people. It's an institution that's owned by Black people. And all of our actions and our products are 100% dedicated to improving the plight of that black Americans. So it's, it's, it's the manifestation. It's a manifestation of what people have come to call black excellence in an institution. And so it's, it, it's our realness that ultimately convinces people uh, that of who we are and the importance of our role in society uh, I will admit, even in the world of black banking, it's confusing because there are very few, like maybe three, actually black owned banks. There's a lot of banks that are led by black people. But as you know, black people ran the plantations. So 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 it, it's the it's the our realness and our reality shines through people understand what we do Uh all, both our products and services, but also how we advocate for Black America. We we spend huge amounts of time trying to introduce mass change in society. So if you spend any time of, of hearing or hearing anything about One United Bank, it's always something that's okay. This is what we're going to do to increase the net worth of Black Americans on a nationwide basis. And so and so it's something like that. Or, okay, this is, this is the role that, that Black Americans' allies can play in being anti-racist. Let's talk about, let's start a campaign to be anti-racist. Uh, let's talk to corporations about their behavior and use our skill and understanding of financial matters to help them understand what they're not doing. And so it's 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 really in the DNA of the company. You spend any time around it, you meet anybody who's a part of it. It's one hundred percent the real deal, you know. No, that's that's but that's what we need, though. That's the type of advocacy we need from the institutions that, like you say, have have long been uh, the the sources of a lot of frustration and a lot of you know abuse with with selling things that people don't need at a bank and and higher interest rates and so people didn't forget those things and it's interesting hearing you say that too because we we heard that from from Ben Slayton at uh, home Legacy Home Loans about the fact that you have an advocate at every step of the home loan process and here you are saying the same thing at One United it's about the people who work for you and work there at the bank are not there to just try to make you know money off of you and try to squeeze as much as they can. They're there to ensure that you have you know good habits when it comes to money. You can start the the wealth building uh, process, and so that's a big difference between you know some of the other you know corporate owned banks that we all think of when we think of the traditional bank. And so 
Um, we're going to take our first break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit a little bit more about the current relationship between the community and some of these other companies, us fintech companies that have come, you know, have kind of exploded in the past few years. And so we're going to talk about that. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We absolutely appreciate your support. You are the foundation and our efforts work to better your communities. Tell your family and friends so we can all work to bring progress. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show. All right, viewers, let's get back into it. Remember, we're continuing our conversation with Mr. Kevin Coey, owner, chairman, and CEO of One United Bank. Uh, Kevin, to continue our conversation here, we really wanted to talk more about developing uh, and improving your relationship with a bank. Um, one of the things that we realized that there's obviously so many financial institutions uh, that a person can choose from, from the big banks to more localized community banks and even credit unions. Each you know, financial institution seems to talk about their advantages and benefits, and many individuals just choose whatever is banking uh, is going to be closest to their home or maybe close to their work. So our question in this segment, first off, is you know, just explain why it matters who you choose to bank with and how do you go about cho- uh, advising someone on which bank to choose? Well, first off, a bank is not like a wife. You can have more than one. <laughs> So, so I would start there. And in and one of those banks, if you're a Black America or an ally of Black Americans, one of those banks should literally be one United Bank. It, you, you should have a relationship with a Black-owned financial institution. And one United Bank is the one that has the scope and the ability to affect change on a national basis. And I'm not saying that. Uh, just because of uh, my affiliation with the bank, it's really true. It's you know, it's it's um, it's the business that has the ability to affect Black Americans and White Americans' behavior on a national scale. Now, and, and that's important to all of us. That's that's central to to your development, your financial development. In addition to when you become part of, of an institution like One United Bank, it does things like teaches you how to build your network. So, like, for instance, our one transaction program, this thing we're doing, this campaign and this conference we're doing on Juneteenth Day, it literally takes the six transactions that you need to understand and execute in order to build your net worth and teaches you them for free. So in an environment where nobody's trying to sell you anything, here again, these concepts, you think about something like insurance. Most people, when they learn about insurance, is from somebody trying to sell them some insurance. <laughs> and, so, and so therefore, it's both difficult, it's difficult to understand most times because they don't really know what they're talking about. And they're, and, they're trying to, and they're trying to get over on you. However, insurance is critically important. I mean, any, any one of us can walk out the door uh, and, and have a horrific accident or, uh, or, you know, get sick, catch COVID, who's going to pay for all of that. And so, and so, so this, if you're part of an institution that's designed to create positive change, 
it, it, it allows you to participate with the institution in a way that you wouldn't. I mean, you're, you're not going, what are you going to do with Wells Fargo or Bank of America? I mean, they really, it's really not going to move you forward as a person. And then there's the basic thing of being with an institution that, that, that makes you want to be successful. I mean, what I would say to either one of you, okay, we've been talking for, you know, 10 minutes. Now you tell me, do you feel more comfortable with me or the CEO of Citibank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, or any of them? Like, who do you think you're going to have a, bet, a better chance with? Now, just think for a second. Okay, now, who am I going to have a better chance of being successful with? To me, you know, if you get, we got to have that conversation, then, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what you do, because that, that should be apparent, okay? It's like, it, this is not something that's rocket scientists, okay? Mm-hmm. I am your family. You are me. I am you. We are the same thing. I can't separate from you if I want to separate from you. So who are you going to bank with? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's the point. So when you, when you, when something like this, and this is, this goes to this, this whole business of what I call anti-racist behavior. And, and it, it's, it's our, it's our agenda for, for the allies of black Americans here. I know you guys follow the social protest movement, but what you, what you, what, you know, what you saw in it is, anti-racism protests. It was there was white people and black people and brown people coming together to create change, people who were against racism. And see, that's a critical part against, you know, we as black Americans have many things we need to do. And that's like one transaction and talking about building our net worth, talking about financial literacy being a core value for black people and, and how we manage our organization. But another part of that is managing the rest of the people and getting them to engage in anti-racist behavior. We say, we, well, are you ready to be an anti-racist? Because if you're just sitting there and you're not anti-racist, if you aren't making a conscious effort and taking deliberate actions to eradicate racism, you are part of the problem. If you just want to sit there, and that's whether you're white or black. Okay. <laughs> I mean, are you anti-racist? Are you against racism? Are you making conscious effort? Are you making deliberate actions to create change? Or are you just sitting there while we're getting used, abused, need to death, killed by vigilantes? I mean, you know, no jobs. We got corporations all over the country that don't invest a single dollar in anything black, nothing. See, and so so that's what one United Bank is all about. It's it's about promoting programs it's taking advantage of technology taking advantage of the fact that finally the dream of martin and malcolm wb the boys has finally come true we're organized that collective effort to organize us has finally came into being because of the internet the internet has organized us that organization is leading to the social change, you see. You know the deal. I mean, you know, I say this all the time. Some black man getting killed in South Georgia by some white vigilantes, that ain't nothing new. We, we got to know that. That's been happening since we got here in 1619. Or some black man getting killed 
in a, a, a urban center like Minneapolis, Minnesota, by some road police. That's not new. But what is new is because of the internet, because of social media, where our newly organized group has the ability to affect change on a nationwide basis. Now we're sitting here like a big team, mm-hmm. but we got to have a coach. Somebody's got to <laughs> call a play. Okay. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's got to tell us, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. And then you need to do that. And then we go score. Okay. Somebody's got to think about a master plan. And so, and so that's where your institutions come into play. Institutions like one United Bank. It has to have a role. It's the largest black owned financial institution in the country. So it designs these programs. We talked about one transaction. You know, check us out, man. You know, you know, yeah. you know, and go to oneunited.com, pull, you know, take, you know, you know, I the, the, the point of it is, is that is that is that when you're thinking about a financial institution. You, you have to, one, recognize that you may have more than one of these things, but one of them should be one United Bank. One of them should be black. That, I mean, you know, you, you, <laughs> if you, you, if you, you either got to be a part of the, the solution or you part of the problem. I mean, and because that's what this is. That's a stark contrast. And, and, and and just to you know to move to our next question, it's kind of in that same that same realm where there are a lot of people, um, many people who are underbanked or unbanked have joined the team of the fintech companies like Square Inc.'s you know Cash App or, or Chime Bank. I, I use Chime, and then there are some people who use Venmo. A lot of these you know different apps they're, they're offering debit cards. They'll let you do direct deposit. So in some ways, they're almost like a, a they're not a whole replacement for a bank, but they are. They have ingrained themselves in in our communities. A lot of people use these apps and different things. And so we just wanted to ask you. It, it kind of seems like some people may rather use these apps and trust that rather than go to a brick and mortar bank. And so just kind of tell us how these fintech companies were able to get, you know, become so popular in our community and should people look at them as replacements for banks? Okay. First off, One United Bank is a fintech. So it's a FDA. It's more than a fintech. It's a fintech plus a bank, but it, 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 it has very advanced financial technology. Virtually every program, you every application you name, Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, you can use all of those with One United Bank. They're they're not they're not separate things. So you can have an account, your account, your online banking account at One United Bank, your debit card can be used. You can use Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's uh, you know, Visa recently <laughs> said like One United Bank is at the absolute cutting edge of his customers' utilization of that of those types of technology. In other words, our customers use them more than, see, with us, see, if you use Cash App, then you use a Cash App. With us, you can use Cash App, Zelle, Venmo. <laughs> you can use any of them and attach any of them to your, to, to your bank product. So you aren't, you, you aren't actually, and this is the thing where, where our, where we as black people, you know, have to go here is, is actually our products better. Because you can use all of those applications, and you're not dedicated to just one of them. And so, and so the the that world is real. What you're describing is, uh, you know, 
accurately, very accurately describing the changes taking place in society as we move toward a cashless society. And what types of products do you do, do, do you need in order to function? You 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 need a product. You your 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 bank is on your phone. That you know, black you know, modern people aren't checking for some going going to some branch. Why am I going to branch? <laughs> like, what, why are we doing that? Okay, my phone's right here. Okay, I would have received the money from my from my from my my side gig, whether it's, I'm being an Uber driver or whatever I want to do. I want that going into my bank account, and then I want to share my money with my buddies. I want to pay my bill and I want to do make that all happen right here. I want to take my balance four times a day. I want to get my paycheck two days early. We do all of that. Well, we do it better than the companies you're talking about because we, we have a much broader product offering. And so, you know, so, so the company is, has great technology. It's getting better all the time. Now we're in a world, of course, where technology is changing and there may be some, some app or something that comes up with one feature or another. But overall, we do all that. We are a, we are a financial technology company. We, we, you know, we're recently chosen by Google as the top black technology company in the country. We're collaborating with them to transform our technology. So, so this stuff is... It, it, this is see this business thing. It's gonna be like for for us as black people, just like you know sports. Over time, we came to realize, oh man, we're actually better at this. <laughs> or, or music. <laughs> we looked up and like we actually are better at music. We're actually better at business too. We just we never got a fair shot at it. And all the same, you know, all, all the same creativity and, and things that go into the creation of the product. I I I defy you. You take our card, take our solidarity card. Okay. You if you can show me another card that's flyer than our solidarity card, period. I don't care who you talk about, fintech, untech, whatever. Okay. Our stuff is just flyer, like way flyer. Okay. So 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 that's what's up here, okay? Like we're not, you know, we're not second fiddle. We're not asking you to give nobody a break. Our products are better. You know, that's what it's all about, Kevin. You know, I, I work in the uh, insurance industry, and that's what we tell a lot of people whenever they try to bring up the Aflacs and the All States, and they'll just ask about the competition. We say we're not worried about the competition because we can put our products aside from there, and, and they're going to be better. And that's what you're advocating for that you don't have to rely on these other apps. You can come to a, a, a bank that has people that look like you, been there where you've been, you know, just like where, where we were talking about with Mr. Slayton, you know, that that's what it's about, that community, that connectivity. So uh, that's awesome. I'm glad we're able to plug, you know, that in here in this segment here. So we're going to take one more break here. And when we come back, we're going to come into our third segment where it's going to be all about One Bank's initiatives. Y'all are doing a lot of things this year. So we wanted to give our viewers some insight into what y'all are doing and give you a chance to talk about that. So stick with us and we'll be right back. Would you like to contribute to our scholarship fund? Would you like to help us partner with nonprofits? Would you like to submit a topic request or maybe even appear on our show? If so, go to patron.podbean.com forward slash black agenda pod. 
Thank you for your donation and belief in our mission. Let's get back to the show. All right, viewers, let's get back into this. We are uh, continuing an amazing conversation uh, with Mr. Kevin Coey, who is the owner, chairman, and CEO of One United Bank. Uh, really, really awesome institution. Uh, we've been plugging it, and we're going to continue to plug it because it's great to have somebody in the community to bank with. Um, in this third segment, uh, viewers, we really wanted to talk about One United's banking initiatives because, again, uh, they are doing a lot this year to really try to bridge the gap uh, between white and black America. Um, one of the things you may not realize, but there was a study done, I think by the Brookings Institute viewers, and this was from 2020, that said the average net worth of a black family was only about 17000 When you compare that to a white family, it's actually 170000 So that's that 10 times number that Kevin threw out earlier. To combat this crisis, One United Bank is doing many things to rectify the wrong. One of those things being their one transaction campaign. So, Kevin, we just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, about this one transaction campaign and what United Bank is doing with it and what United Bank hopes to achieve out of this campaign. We hope to eradicate the racial wealth gap in this country. We want to eliminate it. Uh, When we looked at it, we said, well, it is 10 times say those numbers are right, 17 versus 170. But in today's dollars, that isn't really a huge amount of money. In fact, almost anywhere, in, certainly in Dallas, where you guys are, or Los Angeles, if you bought a home anywhere in the last five years, you would have built up over $100,000 net worth in that home. So there, there, there's no place in Los Angeles that you could have bought a home that wouldn't have increased by over a hundred thousand. There's no place in Dallas that you could have bought a home that would, wouldn't, it wouldn't increase to over a hundred thousand dollars. The point being is that it's, it's really one transaction in today's world. And what we decided is the part of the challenges we face as Black Americans is is being educated and having the information on how to systematically build net worth. And so we took the six key transactions for building net worth and we created a framework where we could use technology to both teach, inspire, and motivate people to complete these transactions systematically one at a time. So so that's what the goal is. So it's a campaign where people, when you sign up, we take your information and we, and we, we use texts and we use emails and clever, funny, humorous, serious kind of communications to motivate you to complete the one transaction. There is this virtual conference, which we have tens of thousands of people signed up for, which is going to be a gas. It's going to have people like Damon John and Michelle Singletary, the Bunchanista. It's going, to, it's going to have people who are really well known in the field of, of financial literacy who will be in plain talk. And that's what this is about. It's about plain talk. It's plainy transactions, not from the perspective of somebody trying to sell you something, but somebody who who's interested in you really understanding the factors in making good decisions. All of these things become self-evident, whether it's, here again, something like the importance of having a will. 
I mean, it, that is absolutely key if you want to create generational wealth. The wealth has to go from one generation to another. So we have like 28% of, of Black Americans have wills. But the one thing we know is for better or worse, eventually 100% of the Americans, Black Americans that are alive are going to die. And we only 28% have wills. And so, and so it's, it's a simple transaction, but, you know, it oftentimes it's something that's difficult to engage. And so whether it's insurance, whether it's home ownership, whether it's, you know, how to think about multifamily housing as an alternative to single family housing so that you can generate some in- income or understanding how to actually buy a single family home. These, these things, is, it's getting easier and easier. Access to capital is becoming more and more available to us. So whether it's owning a business, we're, 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 we're undergoing the biggest boom in business that there's ever been. This is like bigger than the California gold rush and that we can call it the internet rush. The, the internet is giving rise to opportunities for business that never existed before. You All you need to do, the internet doesn't care where you went to school. It doesn't care who you know. It just cares whether you can use it to target customers to sell them something. You don't even have to make the product, okay? And that, so that's, so that's going to, yes, we lost 50%, over 50% of our businesses as, as a result of black businesses as a result of, uh, of COVID-19. But the, the opportunity is to rebuild a, a bigger, stronger, faster business infrastructure that's rooted in technology. And so there's going to be a boom in business development is creating, creating unprecedented opportunity. The investment world, we, we're all being, it's the investment world is being democratized. These, there's all of these new applications that allow you to buy into companies, to invest in stocks, bonds, to be able to think about speculative things like 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 uh like like uh uh cryptocurrency embed there's there's more investment opportunity than it's ever been and how to how to utilize that understand that for those things like your credit score i mean you you can't get anywhere your credit score is the key to you being able to access money and other resources how do you rebuild that so so the one transaction program is about systematically teaching Black America and its allies the transactions that you need to be able to accomplish in order to build your net worth. And this is something we're not guessing about. This is how you build your net worth. And here again, making money is one thing. Building net worth is another. And so and so, and so, so we, we, we're going to put it where the goats can get it. Here again, old countries, you got probably too young for that. But, you know, we it's the idea is we're going to make sure everybody understands how to do it. We're going to motivate you. We're going to try to be a coach. We're going to hear again. We're going to try to be a coach. We got the team. The team's organized. And now it's up to, to the leadership to, 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 to call the right plays so that we can accomplish goals. See, we want financial literacy to be a core value in, 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 in our community. I want when you guys talk to each other, I want you saying, man, Man, you know, what stocks you got, man? How's that working out for you? How much do you pay for your insurance? Wow, what, is, what does it cover? See, just like we talk about the, the latest record or the, you know, who has the best jump shot. I want us talking about 
financial matters to each other. And 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 see, because see, that's the opportunity of the internet is it's to it, it inspire not just the individual, but to inspire the whole group. You can inspire the whole team. That's what the opportunity we have now. And now that we got, like I said, we got the team. We got to call the play. And so this is this is this is us calling the play, saying, "Okay, let's build our network. This is how we do it." Okay, so this is us literally calling the play. Let's go. Let's make it happen. No, so, let's go. You're absolutely <laughs> right, Devin. I know you're going to ask the next question, but the only thing I was going to chime in real quick and say. Uh, Mr. Cody, thank you so much for pointing out the fact that, especially in the Black community, we're so quick to talk about you know music and entertainment and fashion, but we never talk about stocks or insurance or anything that really matters and has lasting effects on our lives and the lives around us. So again, Devin, I know you're going to ask another question, but <laughs> I just wanted to say that because I, I find that you know we are, are so surface level and never really, you know, getting into depth on things that really matter. So so thank you for pointing it out. My back, David, go ahead. But that's where we got to go. See, that, that, exactly what you just said. That's the key. That's where the each one, teach one comes in. See, we, we start, see, this is our opportunity. We start those conversations exactly like you just said. And then then somebody else says, you know what? That's absolutely right. Okay. Like, you know, I do need a home. Okay. And maybe I wouldn't mind owning a small apartment building and having three or four tenants. Now, now that you mentioned it. You know? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's exactly what we need to do is to at least start the conversation. I mean, I recently, like the last, what, year, six months, um, just started getting into stocks and I learned from a friend of mine who was into it and he kind of showed me what he was doing. And so now we actually talk about, you know, Hey, what you doing? He's in the options and things like that. And so we learn from one another and that's what we need as far as our community. But um, another piece though, to what, you know, one United is doing is, you know, you talked about it. What is probably the, you know, flyest debit card out there that you ever find um, is the solidarity card that one United bank is, is launching. And so, you know, with this card, it will it will allow, you know, change to be directly saved for an individual. So, of course, Mr. Coey, you know, you got the Flyers debit card on the market. So kind of tell us how it works and, and why is it so important, um, for, you know, for families to have this particular card and be able to save and build wealth? Well, I mean, the card does, it does, see, for Black people, things like getting your paycheck two days early. Now, here again, for some people, it doesn't matter. And if you're in that situation where you don't need to get your money on on Wednesday as supposed to getting it on Friday, God bless you. But okay. But for those who do who want their money, we get them their money two days early. Which so you get paid your paycheck two days earlier as a result of banking with what one United Bank. And so it has all this it it it, it uses all the, the modern day applications that we just discussed. And, and so and so and and it looks good. I mean it's it's it's, it's hot. I mean, and, and that's part of it. Uh, but also it, it's it's tied into another campaign we're doing. See, because see, we need our allies, the rest of America, the non non-black Americans to not be racist. We need you to actually be anti-racist. It's not good enough for you just to be sitting there neutrally 
while we getting beat down in the street and you, you know, you, you, you're a neutral, you know, like, I mean, that, that's not healthy. <laughs> so this is this thing of, of what we call anti-racism. It, it, the key is to motivate people and it's black and white people to take that next step, to make a conscious effort and to take deliberate actions. Like, what are you actually concrete, tangible doing? Like you guys, you putting on the black agenda. You out there, you making this happen. You communicate to the people, you sharing the information. You're being anti-racist. That's what you're doing. You're, you're combating racism. You're not sitting around talking about like, oh man, man, that was cold blooded when he put his knee on my neck like that. Okay. You you take it a step. And and it, it is that kind of effort that, that that is needed by the whole country. We can't have all the white people and the brown people and the yellow people sitting there neutral while we while, while we getting the beat down, while we've been denied access to opportunity. We as a people, we as Americans, as part of the perfection of our democracy about the, what I mean by that is this whole business of making what we stand for true, all men and women being created equal with liberty and justice for all. To make that a reality, we need people to be anti-racist. We need them to act in solidarity, thus the solidarity card. And we wanted the symbolism to be there. We wanted the symbolism to be strong. And we wanted it something where the, the anti-racism coalition that we saw, that we see, that we see come together and create change, bringing vigilantes to justice, bringing rogue police to justice, uh, starting the reformation process for, for, for antiquated police departments, that whole coalition to be able to come together under an umbrella, which we call the solidarity card. So, so we approach it. So it's, 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 it's thinking about, it's thinking about this broad social issue of political, social, and economic empowerment, doing what we could do as a people to build our own networks. We're going to do what we're going to do. We're like, we're not relying on nobody. We're going, okay? Like, we can call the play. We go go up to the line, and we get ready to run over. <laughs> okay, we we're gonna do this. We're gonna build our networks any way it goes. That would be nice. Okay, <laughs> if you're not hanging us, abusing us, denying us an opportunity to do anything, that would be nice too. Okay, we and we that's us saying we want you to be anti-racism, anti-racist, and to join that movement. So so it's kind of a tie-in of of getting everybody involved, of activating the movement. And, and that's kind of where we, you know, where, where you know, our great hope is right now. You know, that's important. I mean, I, I think that everyone's been talking about this kumbaya moment that's coming together. And, and that's what it is. It's about solidarity. It's about if you're going to say you're an ally, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You know, you know, actually stand and act upon this. Don't you know? It's it's great that you march with us, but we need actual action. So that's awesome that you're doing that. And it's like it's you know really working and in, in, in leading its way up to this big Juneteenth conference that y'all are putting on this year. Which uh, for Devin and I, Juneteenth is it's great because that's when we actually started our podcast. Our first episode, season one, was on Juneteenth of last year. So it's great to see that y'all are doing this conference on Juneteenth. 
I know you've talked a little bit about it, but we just wanted to make sure to give you an opportunity to really plug it, uh, tell viewers, you know, why they should be, uh, you know, signing up to join it, what they're on the lookout for. So talk a little bit about the Juneteenth conference. Well, okay. Uh, let me tell you a little side story. Okay. Let's talk about Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. You'll see what I'm talking about, Harriet Tubman, in a second. Uh, when we were in the middle of the Trump administration, uh, they decided, you know what? We're not going to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. We, we thought about it, and we decided, no. We're going to ignore the fact that this country was built on the black backs of Black people since 1619, that there would be no America but for us, that we were the main perfectors of our democracy through our struggles to build rights for, for every oppressed group. We, we just going to have a currency that has no black people on it. Mm-hmm. We thought about it. We thought about it. We said, okay, we know the importance of currency and the role of a people after much thought, we're not going to pick a single black person, like period of no bills, no coins, no nothing. Okay. That's how we see this. And so we said, you know, like, come on, man. And so then what we did was uh, engaged in a campaign that they call it, they call it creative destruction. And so what we did was we had commissioned this painting. You see, like, like these paintings, we, we have a you know, big, pretty big art collection. And so we had a piece that we had, had done on Harriet Tubman, where what she's done for us, Harriet Tubman, we, we saw her as, as, as the ultimate symbol of love and black love, because, you know, this whole business of you escape slavery, but you go back to get others. That's to us as a manifestation of love. And so and so we wanted to, and so, you know, understanding the importance of he, heroes and heroines in our society. So we had taken her, we had had this commissioned this painting where the artist came up with the idea of having her give the the international sign language symbol for love. And we and this is so this is just a painting we have. Now, of course, in the meantime, about three years later, then this movie came out called Black Panther, mm-hmm. who took that same symbol and called it the Wakanda salute. So so we said, you know what? We're going to take our painting. We're going to put it on a card, make it, make it fly. And we knew what people were going to do with it, which is, of course, they went right for it. Like, hey, look, you got Harriet Tubman throwing up the Wakanda sign. <laughs> <laughs> we did this three years before there was a Black Panther or Wakanda or anything else. Okay. But you know, they we always gotta believe that their ice is colder some way. They they invented it, you know. But it, you know, so and so it ended up it, it became a cultural phenomenon. It was a big deal on Twitter. They was, you know, people, we're going to cancel you. You disrespected Harriet Tubman and blah, 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 blah. And thought it was funny and everything else. And then, but, but we also knew that, you know, people kind of, well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Well, first off, that is the, <laughs> that's, that's silent. <laughs> that's not what kind of, <laughs> you know, and when you look at it, it's kind of fly. And the point being, we were able to draw national attention to Harriet Tubman. Now, the significance of that, now, a year later, because this was last Black History Month, 
What's one of the first things the new administration does when they when they get into office? All of a sudden, they got this bright idea. Hey, you know what? We're going to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. And what we say is, you know, part of the role of institutions and leading people playing that role is kept the issue alive. We made them know that it meant something for us. We we made them know that if you don't do it, we're going to have a real problem with that. Okay, you're not going to like it, okay, <laughs> if you don't do it. Because we already showed you what we could do. We, we, we showed you the massive amount of how we could activate t- Twitter, how we can get this on TMZ, how, you know, how we can get this on Saturday Night Live. We can go mainstream on you, son, okay? So now you make the decision you want to make, okay? But what it bet not be is you deciding that there aren't going to be any black people on currency anymore. That is not an option. So, I, I tell you, it's so funny. So, you guys kill me, man. All right. So, it's, it's that kind of marketing, which is the same thing we can really do here. We, we talk about one transaction. What, what the goal is for a year to now, when you two cats are talking, I want it to be like, man, you know what? You know, I would, you know I'm looking into buying some real estate, you know. I don't know if you checked any of that out, but, you know, I know over here in North Dallas, I'm just me. I don't know anything about Dallas. So, you know, you know that I saw this this thing, it had four units in it. And shit, man, I'm thinking maybe I, I could live in one of those, you know, I could sell my crib, take a little profit out of that, move into this. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I got three extra incomes coming in above, you know, they, or they, there's, there's these things called Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac where I could borrow money for 3% down. And they just got this new program that came in under Biden administration where I can put 1% down. But the, the, my, my point being to you is these forms of protest really do produce change in overall society. And we can make this happen. Like, just think about it. You know, you know, here again, I'm repeating what you know what uh, what you guys were just talking about is, you know, you you start that conversation, you create, you you change the core value system, you get our allies to recognize. I'm not going to sit in this con- this company, this big gigantic monstrosity or whatever it is, and. And they got no investments in any black-owned businesses. I mean, that's not okay. Why is that okay? You, you, whoever, you know, Shell Oil. I mean, I'm just saying that name. I'm the, I don't even know Shell Oil's in existence. But and you go, you go. But most of these companies, they got no. They got okay. They have no black people on the board, or they got one semi-black person on the board. No, no black people in the senior management. No major, no investments in companies. See, somebody's got to have a conversation with them. Say, look, let me explain this whole thing to you about money. Money is very powerful, both in where you spend it, but also where you don't spend it. And and we are human beings. We're Americans. Our blood is in the soil. We have to be respected. We have to be valued. We have to be honored and given a fair opportunity, including making up for the fact that you put us so much in a hole to start. 
we had to start on the other side of zero. And, and <laughs> the other side of zero. I don't think I've heard that one before. <laughs> the other side of zero. But no, that's, but you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's why, um, I'm, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, what the other banks were doing and more importantly, what they're not doing when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the black community. Because our, our last question, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but our last question is about what would you say you know, to these, the people who are at these traditional banks, but also to the community about what needs to change. And so we're going to take one quick break and we'll come right back. Stick with us. We absolutely appreciate your support. You are the foundation and our efforts work to better your communities. Tell your family and friends so we can all work to bring progress. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. So as always, we like to end the show with the final message for our guests to give them the opportunity to send us off and, and put it in a, a big old bowl like Adrian likes to say. And so, um, Mr. Mr. Cole, we've enjoyed speaking with you. And so our very last question for you is that, you know, we know a lot of Americans, a lot of millennials don't have a relationship with a traditional bank and, and they tend to keep money either in the freezer or they sleep on it because it's in their mattress. And, and we know that bigger traditional bank, banks have been, you know, moving their branches out of black neighborhoods and a lot of even some in the past decade have been still guilty of redlining. And so even during the pandemic, you mentioned that we've we've lost a lot of black owned and minority businesses. And then add, to add to that, a lot of them were not able to secure PPP loans because they didn't have a relationship with a traditional bank because they probably, you know, either there aren't branches in their neighborhood or they just didn't, you know, communicate with them. And so, you know, we wanted to ask you to leave us with, you know, what is your message to the large and small traditional banks to get them to understand that the old way of doing business where you stuck it to minorities with higher interest rates or you move your branches out of their neighborhoods, explain, you know, to if you're speaking and standing in front of them, explain why the old way of doing business is going to put them at risk of probably losing an entire generation of millennials and Gen Z. Um, and in that, those, the old way of doing business is holding back prosperity for all of us. In, in, indeed. Um, once again, I would say, check us out. Go to oneunited.com, download our app. We are an example of Black excellence. Banking is, the socialists used to hate banking. They were like, like the Russians hated the U.S. banking system because banks are the cornerstone of capitalism. They are the key through which wealth is built. They are the facilitation. They are the facilitators of the circulation of currency. This is all about money and control of the money. And we've known certainly since before the end of slavery that it was key to be able to garner our economic spending power. This is the language they would use, garner our economic spending power and to rechannel it back into our community to create advantages for us as a people. Your banking decision is that important. It's the difference between, even as a Black person, are you an anti-racist 
or are you just sitting there? What were you doing when the proverbial foot was on the brother's neck? Was you just watching or were you trying to do something positive? And so what we're advocating here is, look, you can have more than one bank, but one of those banks should be one United Bank. We request that you join us in this mission. We can't change society without you individually. We're 100% committed to you becoming a better financial being, building your net worth, providing you with access to opportunity that wouldn't otherwise exist, trying to change America in a positive way. We're doing all of those things. We are a fintech. We utilize technology. We use artificial intelligence as part of what we do. We understand blockchain technology. We understand Bitcoin and what it means and, 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 and have the wherewithal to make that all a part of your existence. We exist for no other purpose. That's what we do. But we need members. We need people to utilize our services, to participate in our efforts in social change. And once again, we say, look, if you can find something flyer than us, then take it, okay? Because you can't, okay? <laughs> we do this. This is what we do. So, so check us out. That's what I would, that's what I say. Check us out. One United Bank, we're an example of black excellence. No, that that wow. is it right there, viewers. You have heard it here. Like I said, uh, Mr. Kevin Coe's convinced Devin and I that we need to be banking <laughs> with the one United Bank, and hopefully he's convinced you as well because Honestly, uh, a movement takes individuals. I mean, you, you can't do it by yourselves. Um, that, that, that generational wealth gap cannot be corrected um, by anybody else. It's just like the same thing we were talking with our HBCU series. If we leave it up to everybody else to educate us and tell the true history, they're not going to do it. So if we leave it up to somebody else to actually equip us for banking, they're not going to do it. So we are amazed and proud and, and, and awesome, you know, for you all to be in that fight to uh, really correct banking for black communities. So, uh, again, viewers, uh, you have been um, listening to and enjoying Mr. Kevin Cooey, who is the owner, chairman and CEO of One United Bank, largest black owned bank in the United States, first African-American Internet bank. So we are ecstatic to have uh, Mr. Kevin Cooey on the podcast today. So. Mr. Kobe, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're going to take our last little break, viewers. And when we come back, uh, Devin and I are going to wrap it up as always. So stick with us. We'll be right back. You have been listening to the Black Agenda podcast hosted by Adrian Guest and Devin Dito. If you enjoy listening to the show, let the host know by leaving a review on Apple Podcast or by visiting patron.podbean.com forward slash Black Agenda Pod and give a few dollars. After all, the Black Agenda Podcast is supported by listeners like you. Let's get back to the show. All 
All right, listeners, welcome back. As always, we like to give you a heads up as far as what's upcoming on the podcast. So our next episode is going to be all about home ownership in minority communities, in particular the Black community. And so we're excited to have on the show Mr. Ben Slayton. Uh, He is the first Black realtor in America, and he is the current president of Legacy Home Loans, which is the nation's largest Black-owned mortgage company. Um, And so he's going to be on the show to talk to us about how we can help expand expand black home ownership, but also give, you know, some of the benefits of being a homeowner when it comes to trying to generate, um, you know, generational wealth. And so really fantastic conversation with the CEO, president of Legacy Home Loans, Mr. Ben Slayton. Um, After his episode airs on Tuesday, we'll be back again on Saturday to bring you more news from the past week with our weekly roundup number 13. That's going to be happening next Saturday, April 17th at one o'clock central and remember, our weekly roundups will be audio only from now to the end of the season. Um, you can listen to us in the Podbean app, or you can find us at podbean.com forward slash LSW forward slash Black Agenda Pod. And so we try to make it easy um, with the, making that audio only so you can share that with folks. Um, lastly, before we go, we always like to say we appreciate your support and listening to us, but we also do take um, donations and we absolutely, absolutely love monetary support. Um, so Adrian, you can let the folks know where they can donate to us. All right, listeners, always the important stuff is making sure that you can really take our mission further. And you do that with money. We say in America, everything costs from Zoom to Podbean to Alitu. It costs money to bring you the news, costs money to talk to these guests. But Devin and I, what we really want to do is bring some progress to our communities, which really costs money. Um, if we were to start an organization, try to lobby leaders, maybe even partner with a nonprofit, it does cost resources to do those sorts of things to really bring some progression to our communities. So the easy thing to do is go to our website, blackagendapod.com, and click the Donate tab. Start off with a dollar a month. It may seem small, but that dollar a month shows us that you believe in our mission, you believe in our message, and it shows that you really want to help support some progress for the community. If you're listening to our Podbean app, you can also click the Donate tab there. But for everyone else, like I said, go to our website. Really, really easy thing to do. Start off with a dollar, make it happen for us so we can really take this thing further. The other thing that we always like to promote is our charity of the month. For the month of April, we've chosen to recognize an organization called Strive, which they have a 36-year track record of serving people who face the greatest obstacles to employment. They help a population seeking a better life acquire the skills and attitudes they need to find sustained employment. The majority of the people that walk through their doors have no source of income, yet the majority of graduates go on to gain meaningful employment and achieve economic self-sufficiency. So like Strive, we're trying to do great things. They're trying to do great things. When you partner with us and give us donations, we can do great things as well. So like I said, go to our website and click that donate tab. Yes, click the donate tab. We would appreciate any support that you give us. And before we let you go, we always like to tell you, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, You can find us at Black Agenda Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then, of course, if you just search us on YouTube, the Black Agenda Podcast, you'll find us, subscribe to us so you don't miss out on some of the awesome content that we do have coming out. And again, like, share, follow us, Um, share everything that you see, any content, share this episode you know, on your Facebook channel, share with your friends, 
family, coworkers, just trying to get this out to as many people as we can in our community, um, because these are really important conversations um, that we're just trying to educate folks on what's happening. And so, again, we appreciate you listening to our episode uh, with Mr. Kevin Cohey, who is uh, the, the founder of One United Bank. And we appreciate him coming on the show. And we appreciate One United Bank for making him available. So we thank you for listening to us and we'll catch you next time.